0: Welcome home. I'm Sally Jane Friday, and here we get to show up as our beautiful messy selves while we nourish our soul with transformational stories to inspire our own inner revolution, because that creates change that ripples out into our families, communities, and beyond. But it starts with us, right here, right now. Embrace your hot mess goddess. You are worth it. Welcome to season two of the Hot Mess Goddess Podcast. Holly Loxton. Oh my gosh. Been
1: a hot minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it has. Because you are my very first guest of the whole darn thing. And so much has transpired for you in that two years. It's still the most downloaded episode, which is freaking epic. And I really wanted to showcase all the gold that you've learned in the last two years, but also your journey.
1: Okay. Well, oh shit. Lots has happened. I feel like, I don't know about anyone else, but I feel like 2020 and 2021 just sort of blended together. Yeah. I feel like they were like one year.
0: It does. Although there were two very different energies for me. Interestingly,
1: 2020
0: was full of me having lessons in receiving. Like I won so much stuff that year and had so much stuff gifted. And then 2021 was almost the opposite.
1: Usually when someone says lessons, it's like life lessons. (laughs) It's usually painful.
0: The aftermath was.
1: Yeah, I'll bet. So what's happened for me? Um, 2020, I lost my coaching business through the first bit of COVID. I ended up going up north for like two or three swings to do some health and lifestyle coordination. I dusted off my old personal training certificates (laughs) All these out from 2009. I'm just going to go get a job up north. And so I went and did that for probably two or three swings, and by that time, uh, my business had picked back up again, and then it exploded. So I guess that's why I feel like 2020 and 2021 were the same year because I literally was just I was working a lot and I was I was seeing a lot of clients, which is great because I always wanted to do that. Being of service is obviously something that I'm very passionate about, something that I love very much. And so witnessing some epic growth journeys through those years, it's just been, it's been the highlight of my last couple of years is seeing people's just insane growth and incredible healing stories.
0: Because you're a Perth girl. So up North for you, how far up was that in Western Australia?
1: (laughs) The top. So it's about 1500 kilometers. So yeah, about a couple of hours flight, but uh, I think about 15 hours drive.
0: And how was that like? going back to get a job? Because you would have thought, right, I'm coaching now, my whole life's fucking awesome, and then boom.
1: So here's the interesting thing, because I already had lost everything in 2016, uh, which I think I went over that story in the last podcast. So if any of your listeners haven't heard that, jump on back to the first podcast that we recorded. So it didn't bother me. So I lost probably my last... Two or three clients dropped off in like one day, like they've been steadily dropping off because obviously when there's that much, you know, huge turmoil in the world, the first thing to go is healing and personal development when people are worried about, you know, money and what they're going to eat and all of that. I don't think it should be that way. I think obviously.
0: Yeah, same.
1: (laughs) Your mental health is more important, but I don't think any of us had ever really experienced any sort of massive event like that. They're sort of all desensitized to stress now to a degree. It's like we're living with this stuff now. But I had a moment where I sat on the floor when my last client cancelled her contract because I was doing coaching packages back then. And I had a bit of a teary (laughs) for five minutes. (laughs) I'm like, right, what are you going to do? So I fired up my massage business again. Just aggressively touching people for money. (laughs) In the, bit, in the middle of a pandemic pandemic so I did that until I found some work out north but I always knew that I have the ability to call in money and do what like even now if I decided to pack up my business tomorrow I'd just find something else to do so many people get so caught up in this has to be the way and they don't follow the the joy and the adventure of life like if one door closes there are a million others available to you You never know where where you're going to go and I feel like this is my you know you and I share the same birthday so we have a bit of like yeah. similarity our Gemini mutability adaptability sort of enables us to go with the flow a bit. it's like oh cool well
0: wasn't expecting that but oh well
1: but where are we going next you know have a bit more of an adventure I also don't like in the hierarchy of needs as humans, we've got like four core needs. One is certainty. One is variety. One is connection. And the other is significance. I don't have a high value on certainty or safety really. And I think I get that from my dad. So for me, I just always believe that I can always make more money. I am my own ATM and this is what I teach people as well. This is what I'm teaching in the Rich Witch course that I'm doing at the moment. Loving
0: that, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Breaking down old stories around money. So, yeah, I just adopted the belief system a long time ago that I am my own ATM.
0: I love that. And that's one of the things that I I really wanted to ask you because money has been such a... I don't know, the bane of people's existence for so bloody long and it's something that seems so hard and so unattainable, I guess, for a lot of people. And you've always, like I remember the last episode, you were like the manifesting queen and it wasn't necessarily money, it was just whatever, whatever you wanted you were able to get. And the last couple of years, I guess, you've honed that into really helping others make money.
1: Yeah, so not necessarily... Helping them make money, like the base of my business, I mostly coach female entrepreneurs. It just tends to be the the group that I, uh, I guess, relate to the best. Yep. There's just a certain mindset that they seem to be ingrained with, as you know, people that want to start their own business and want to create impact in the world and want to provide value. So what I do is I help them with the energetics of that. How to get through their own income ceilings how to clear any trauma and all of that that's in the way so that they can get to the next level with their business. So not actually telling people where to invest or what to do or any sort of strategy at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> my strategy is, someone asked me before, my strategy is to meditate and connect with my clients and call them in that way.
0: Which is perfect. Like I'm all about the energetics of words, as you know. So as soon as I saw your program coming up called Rich Witch, it was like, oh, fuck, I'm in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly
0: don't really have the capacity to do yet another course but i mean i can't resist this one and it's been gold but it is all about the energetics and that's what i love about it and the things that you don't know again which is a great lesson is you bring in others who do know
1: yeah absolutely so i've got my financial planning friend who's just reported a big thing about bank accounts and all that for me and then i've got my investing coach coming in on Monday night to do a big thing about like where to actually put your money once you start bringing it in. But most people, they're very much beholden to money. Like it or lump it, this 3D reality that we're in in Western society is pay to play. You can't get around it. Every single person has a money story and most people have a pretty shit one. And it's mostly to do with the programming that we receive. School is not education, it's indoctrination.
0: Yeah, that it is.
1: (laughs) You know, school prepares you, even down to the recess bells. It's designed to prepare you for going and working 10 hours a day, eight hours a day, punch in, punch out. Oh, look, Smoko, there's the bell. So they don't teach you anything of particular, but I don't feel they teach you. Maybe it's changed since I was in school, but I certainly didn't learn much about actual life in school. There was no courses of how to be an entrepreneur. You know, it's no courses on how to have emotional intelligence, how to resolve a conflict. How to do your taxes.
0: Yeah, the real basics that are life skills. And (laughs) certainly like my age group, a lot of us have come through with parents who either went through the depression or their parents most certainly did. And we've just been downloaded with a whole bunch of money stories that aren't even relevant anymore, but they're ingrained.
1: And it is so worthwhile. The most worthwhile exercises you can possibly do is write down all the things that you currently believe about money, because none of it's true. You know, so many people have this idea that money is hard, that it's something that is, you know, hard to attain, hard to hold on to. What do they do with it? All of that sort of stuff. But I can absolutely tell you that money is just an energy like everything else in this universe. And we, we don't actually know how much money there is in the world. We will never know. First of all, they're printing more every day. Wonderful. Second of all, how many ships are lost at the bottom of the ocean with all of the gold bullions, you know, all of that stuff. There's probably more money lost in the world than there is in people's bank accounts.
0: That's probably the trouble, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is that money is not a pie chart. Yeah. Like there's not just like one amount of money in the world and then if you have more, that means other people have less. Look at old mate Jeff Bezos who owns Amazon just spent $5 billion or whatever going a few thousand kilometres into the air and he's (laughs) cockrocket. But him having that $5 billion and spending that on that does not diminish my ability to go and earn heaps of money. Like just because he's got more doesn't mean that there's less for other people.
0: Yeah, that's right. And it's our choice then. Like one thing I love is that the more people like you and me that have a shit ton of money, the more people like us that have money, the better things that we can do with it rather than launch ourselves up into the air for a bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's this universe is pay to play. And you are the center of your universe. You can pour money into you. The only thing that you need to figure out is the value exchange. So what energy are you going to do? How are you going to improve someone's life? How are you going to solve a problem in order to get that money? And then you've got to clear all your programming and trauma that says that you don't deserve it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the hard part, isn't it? Like that's the thing that I have struggled with for fucking years now. Like there were so many stories. I know that things can change instantly. I know that that's energetics. We can clear stuff in a second. But for a lot of people, it takes a bit of effort to do that.
1: It depends on which part of the brain that you're talking to. So we've got the, the three parts of the brain that we mainly use in trauma work are the neocortex, which is your logic, rational reasoning mind. It's the, it's the front of the brain. It's the part that's essentially talking to me now. It's wonderful, knows a lot, but it's also, I believe, the weakest part of the brain as well, because you know this, this part of the brain, when you're triggered, is offline you're only moving from your survival brain and your emotional brain. That's why if everyone, if you've ever been really angry and someone's told you to calm down, like it doesn't work.
0: (laughs) No, I've tried telling someone else that it wasn't a good move. No,
1: it's not. So knowing that if you're trying to fix your problems from your neocortex, you might know a lot about it. So you know, conceptually, that money is an energy, that it should be easy. You know, all of these things that I've just been talking about, you know it from one part of your brain. That's not the part that matters because you've got to feel it. And then once you get it down, once it filters down into your emotional brain and then your survival brain, that's where the shit happens. And in order to do that, you have to, basically, you have to get it on a subconscious level as well as a conscious level. And that's the tricky part.
0: So how do we do that? Like, what the hell do you suggest?
1: I suggest a lot of somatic trauma work. So somatic meaning body. It's really, it's a simple process. Sometimes you need help though, especially if there's things like repressed anger and um, like repressed emotions that you haven't that you put away. You need the presence of another person to help you bring that out. You know, we've all got blind spots. We've all got shadows. Most of what we are is in the shadows. It's mostly unconscious. So this is where having someone else to pick out these patterns for you or with you is really handy. The bodywork essentially is being with a feeling until it processes. So trauma happens not necessarily because of the event, but because we are alone in the event or we didn't have enough time to recover. We didn't have enough support and we just had to keep going in life. So essentially the trauma gets locked underneath the freeze response in the body. Does that make sense? Yeah. So all of that emotion is then locked under a freeze. You've got to thaw the freeze out. You've got to give the body what it needs in order to thaw out a little bit. And that means that you need the support. And you need to give it the time and the attention that it deserves. So you can actually feel through and complete the emotional cycles that got locked under a phrase.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense.
1: People get very confused about the whole trauma thing. Like I believe that trauma probably needs a different word because people hear the word trauma and even the, the frequency of trauma is not great. Like you're a word magician. It carries a lot of really heavy connotations And, you know, the English language is so limited in many different ways because we have the one word that means lots of different things. Point of that is that the word trauma, like a paper cut is a trauma to the body.
0: Yes. I was going to ask you about that because like, even for me still knowing all this stuff, logically, when someone says the word trauma, I think, oh, like something horrific, visually horrific even. And so when we talk about our money stories that just seep in unconsciously and we're not even aware of them. Like, it's like, oh, what? That's a trauma?
1: Well, there's a difference between trauma and programming. So programming doesn't have to come with trauma, but it does come with a belief system. Belief system doesn't have to come with trauma either. You know, I believe that the sky is blue. If I want to change that belief system, though, I'm going to have to go back into all of the ways that I was taught that the sky is blue and shift my perception around it. But a trauma can be a paper cut. It can also be a stab wound. They're both traumas to the body. However, if you look after a stab wound correctly, it will heal, it'll be fine. You might get a little scar, but you'll be, able, you'll live, you'll be fine. If you get a paper cup and you go and stick your finger in the toilet and you don't look after it and you, you keep the, like picking at it and poking at it and whatever, until it becomes infected, you could lose your whole arm. Right. So it doesn't actually matter what the trauma is. It matters how you did or did not process it. That's like why I say a trauma can be getting lost in the shops when you're five years old, or it can be growing up in a war zone. It doesn't actually matter what the trauma is. It matters how it affected you. You know, when I was learning my trauma course, we were learning that quite a lot of kids have PTSD stuff going on that is similar to war veterans from medical trauma. So it's really quite fascinating how it exhibits in the body.
0: Yeah, it is. And I remember one too, which is when you were talking about the difference between beliefs and trauma, like sometimes it's so hard to tell because I remember being a kid and like mum and dad were obviously worried about money. There was a five-year drought at the time or something and we're farming and they were talking about having to sell up the farm. To me, that was my whole home. My, everything I knew and loved was going to be gone. And I still remember that so vividly crying myself to sleep night after night over that.
1: Yeah, huge.
0: Yeah, so none of my money stories surprised me at all, but it's it's taking some time to unravel them all, that's for sure.
1: So, and this is the thing, people don't realize how much money really affects our society and how much it's both worshipped and demonized. And I don't think it should be either. I love money, don't get me wrong, but it's, just, it's a tool and a vehicle for the cool stuff that I get to do in my life. Yeah. But in your particular case, you've got huge money trauma plus the shitty programming from your parents and then you went out into the world and you had all of that reflected back to you in the struggles that you faced with money and so it's compounded over and over and over and over again. You did that for... 30 odd years, you've got a pretty solid belief system structure. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a diamond. It's got so many different facets to it that, (laughs) you know, it's going to take a while to unravel that.
0: Yeah. But the biggest
1: thing that you need to do for yourself is to create safety in your body. And the knowingness, like looking back over all the times in your life where you were able to pull money out of thin fucking air and trust yourself that you are the generator of this money. That's why I keep saying I am my own ATM.
0: Yes, that's why 2020 was so fascinating for me because I'd moved into a house I didn't think I could afford at the beginning of a pandemic. The whole world had gone crazy and I'm going, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to pay this. And that year I won at full expenses paid trip to Bali. Just so much came. Like There were at least eight things that happened Because at the start of the year, I remember having a mantra, I am so supported and I didn't believe it initially, but I just kept saying it until I did. And then all this incredible stuff happened and like it wasn't actual money that was coming to me, but I didn't need the money because everything I needed was there. I was supported in every way possible. And so that, that was a great lesson for me. That's why I said it was wonderful, but also a lesson that it's not actually a piece of paper that matters. I had everything I possibly could have needed.
1: Yeah. And at the end of the day, like who doesn't want things given to them rather than having to spend their own money?
0: Oh, I couldn't even accept a compliment at that stage. So it was huge.
1: Yeah. Massive. And you've done so much work. Like I've got to commend you on, on your personal growth. It's been a journey. And you've really gone there, which is just sensational to watch.
0: Oh, it's my favourite thing to do, though. Like it's, it's why we're here having this conversation. Even when I'm on the floor in an absolute heap in a mess, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. coming out of it just brings me so much fulfilment.
1: Yeah, because then you get to level up. You know, there's no growth that doesn't come with a little bit of pain, I don't think, especially when we're talking about trauma and going through these old patterns and and things that really did hurt you at the time. And then having the support to actually, like the emotional cycle at some point got arrested. So you've got to then go back in, not to re-traumatize yourself, but to complete the emotional cycle. And it's not like you have to do that for every single little thing that ever happened to you in your life. I think that there's some big things Big life events that when you heal them it's like pulling the string on a jumper it unravels the whole lot especially around things like worthiness around things like being chosen choosing yourself is another big one so you know if you don't choose you how is money supposed to choose you you are literally blocking your own abundance You are the only thing stopping you from the abundance that you want.
0: Yeah, that hurt when I first heard that. It's like, you're fucking kidding me.
1: It's in you. If you're not currently earning the money that you want or have the business that you want or, you know, live in the place that you want, it's you. It's not the government. It's not taxes. It's not your job. It's not your work. Like at any point in time, no matter what your circumstances are, you can change something. I actually did a podcast about this, but I haven't released it yet. Because I think I need to re-record it, but it is on money. And I was talking in it about how money actually saved my life because when I lost everything, I had no choice, but to start my business up again, I wasn't going to go back into hospitality because I just didn't want to be broke again. Not broke, but you know, I didn't want to be living hand to mouth like that. I wanted to have funds that I could actually enjoy my life with. And so because I wasn't very attached to this life at the time and it was really difficult in 2017, I actually ended up going, well, I can't kill myself because I just can't do it. So I've just got no choice. I've just got to be filthy rich. That's just how it's going to go. (laughs) Because, like, fuck, am I living a mediocre existence?
0: Yeah, and it's one decision. So much just comes down to a decision.
1: So, you know, trauma can drive us to do great things. Where it trips people up is when they don't heal it. And so they're still doing these things, but from a traumatised space. You know, there's been plenty of huge businesses that have been started off the back of someone's trauma, trying to prove their worth to their parents or their teachers or friends or whatever. But then because it's coming from a place of not good enough, it will never fulfil them. And so they might have a great business, they might have millions of dollars, but they're still not happy. And that, to me, I don't see the point of that.
0: No, and I've seen you attract some of those clients as well. And, you know, we've seen it throughout history time and time again. People have that fuck you attitude, I'm going to show you. Yes, you might have the nice cars and the, whatever else you might want in life, but you're not happy. And this is where you've had some clients come to you that, you know, they've got all this success and they don't know why. They're deeply unhappy.
1: Yeah, and that's where we've got to go into the trauma stuff. I really want to change the paradigm around money to use it as more of a spiritual pursuit. Something happens, and this is why I generally really don't like taking clients on that have had sessions paid for by family members and friends. Because they're not making the energetic exchange. If it's a real stretch for you and you've got to come up with that money, then you're going to do the work and something happens within you. You have to become a different person in order to create that amount of money to do the thing that you want to do.
0: Yeah. I love that. Actually, that's where I wanted to ask you something too. Because in the whole personal development industry right now, we're seeing a big rise in, you know, $20,000 programs and things that seem to some people, it's like, oh my God, that's just ridiculous. How can they charge that? That's more than a degree to become a doctor or whatever. Obviously, I love personal development, so I know that there's always gold at the end. But the difference between someone charging, say, 500 bucks for the same thing someone else might be charging 15 grand for. How does all this fit for you?
1: How does it fit for me? I've been burnt by a lot of business coaches. So as much as I serve mainly entrepreneurs, I really don't want to be part of the, what I call the human centipede of coaches, coaching coaches, how to be coaches, coaching coaches. Like I just don't. (laughs) The only people that lose out in that circuit is the person that's going business to consumer, which was me.
0: I've been there too.
1: (laughs) So I really wanted to help people with their actual healing, not help them be coaches, coaching coaches, how to coach coaches. Don't get me wrong. There are some amazing business coaches out there who I just absolutely adore and, and think that they're incredible. But I find that these big high ticket programs are often the ones in the business coach world. As for the healing programs, the retreats and things like that. I mean, I don't think you can put a price on healing. And like I said, you've got to become a different person in order to get the money together to do that. And you are proving to yourself, yes, I'm worth 20 grand for my healing because it is just money. You know, my mentor, Marcy Locke, managed to you know, manifest a retreat with her that I think cost us $10,000, $15,000. I had $8 in my bank account when I did that. I remember that story (laughs) yeah it's incredible so the issue then is who do you want to become like there's nothing in this world that you can't afford if your child or your beloved animal or your mother or your father needed life-saving surgery and it was going to cost you a million dollars you would find the fucking money you that is beg, true. Vote, deal drugs, whatever it is, like <laughs> you would hustle for that cash. If you had to come up with it in 24 hours, you'd be like, all systems are go. You would get that money. So if you could pull a million dollars out of thin air to save someone's life, why can't you pull 20 grand out to save your own?
0: Mm, love that. And I guess it's different for each person. Like I remember when I was really broke, coming up with $500 to do something was huge.
1: Yeah. And absolutely. I did it. And then you'll go to the next level yeah. where you're going to come up with $1,000 and then it's the next level and there's this constant expansion with that. So, yes, yeah. if you're struggling to put together $500, I always say with courses and this sort of thing, especially in the healing world, it should be a stretch but not a stress because if it's freaking you the fuck out can I swear on this podcast fuck yes <laughs> if it's freaking you out if you if you go into full meltdown mode and go into a massive panic attack trying to get the cash together then it's too much go and find someone that has a price point that does something similar that is a little bit easier for you for where you're at Most people have finance options available as well, which is good. I know I do.
0: I remember leaving my relationship with about, I don't know, it was under 50 bucks to my name and went out to live in the shed on the farm and I think I had a call with someone that day and joined a $7,000 business program. It's like how did that even happen? And it was the best decision of my life. It's actually where I met you.
1: Ah, yes. Brilliant. Yeah. And it was the thing that kick-started everything for you?
0: Yeah, it was for sure.
1: I mean, even with the money that I've burnt on business coaches and that course was actually one of the best ones, or the, the best one that I did, but it was too techie for me. But even with all the money I've burnt on business coaches, th- there's still lessons in all of it. So I now know what's in integrity as well. The part that gives me the shits about high to get programs is that quite often people will lie to you to get the money and that's gross as hell yeah so I will never push anyone into a sale I respect my audience enough and I believe that they are empowered enough to make their own decisions I don't need to NLP them into a sale I'm like this is what I offer this is what what I can see you can get out of it Well, this is my intention for what you can get out of it. You know, I'm doing 100% of my 50%. You've still got to show up and do the work. But I'm never going to push anyone into a sale.
0: The one thing I love about what I heard you say the other day was that everything you know, you happily share and give away. But if someone wants to work with you one-on-one, then they pay for it. And I think that's a beautiful, like a beautiful way to actually do business.
1: Yeah, I'm fully transparent. Like, oh, I give away all my best stuff for free. But if someone wants my time, then I'll charge for it.
0: That stuck with me that it really did. And it's like, fuck, okay, now I know what to do. Because half the time I'm, you know, as much as I love words and sharing them, I tend to work with other people's words, not my own. And it's like, oh, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to post. I don't know know what to share and what not to share. You just made it so simple. Share fucking everything.
1: Share everything, post from the heart, you know, and this goes for anyone in the service industry, the personal service industry, coaches, even business coaches, that sort of thing. I truly believe that, you know, if people want your program that you've put together, even if it's a zero touch point program, that's still time and energy and effort that you've put in. But I still give people the bones of it as much as I could fit in an Instagram post in (laughs) 140 characters, you know. Um, But then if they want the videos and stuff, then they can obviously purchase that. And if they want to work with me one-to-one, then they need to put the money in for that.
0: Yeah, I love that. It just makes it so simple.
1: Totally. Well, it also makes me feel better because I get messages all the time on my Instagram page from people that are like, oh, wow, I really needed to hear that today. Thank you so much. You know, uh, this came just at the right time. And it just makes me happy. I feel like I'm moving about in the world with integrity. And even if someone can't work with me or doesn't want to work with me, not can't,
0: yes. it's not a priority for them. Shift that language.
1: <laughs> if it's not a priority for their finances, they don't value my work enough to pay for it, then at least I'm still helping them in their life journey just by existing and sharing.
0: And so... Like, I've noticed a huge change in your socials, and I know that you've got a social guru, but it's still you, you know, it still comes from you. Yeah. And so, like, what has not in your social media, but what has been the biggest shift, do you think, for you in the last couple of years since we spoke about really fully being so freaking aligned? Mm, that
1: is a very interesting question, Sally Jane. I think stepping more into my own power obviously I'm always doing my own healing right so I've done a metric ton of healing yeah. in the last two years myself healing and reprogramming so there's a really interesting part with with the trauma journey once you clear out these really big chunks of trauma then we're working on optimization and it's like fine-tuning like how much more authentic can you be like I literally give zero fucks now like I didn't really anyway, but if there's any less fucks that I could give, now is the least <laughs> amount that I've ever given. <laughs> yeah. So showing up authentically and putting aside all everything that I learned from the shitty business coaches where they're like, oh, you know, you've got to give them a lead magnet. And then oh, one of the business coaches who was the most expensive one that I said to her, I do not want to hustle and I do not want a cold call. And her whole strategy was give them a free lead magnet that they have to give you their phone number to receive and then you call them. And she didn't think that was a cold call. I'm like, are you fucking delusional? (laughs) It's a big lesson in trusting myself. So yeah, always leaning into what is aligned for you. It's very difficult if you are full of trauma to figure that out. Because the trauma is going to be talking. And it's generally going to try and move you away from a threat and away from change.
0: Of course, it's keeping us safe being really fucking broken, uncomfortable.
1: Your survival brain only cares if you're alive. It does not give a single fuck if you're happy. So if your belief system of money being you know, the root of all evil and assholes habit and all of this stuff outweighs your desire to live a, a really rich life, then that's going to win. Like you've got to look at which is the stronger belief system. Whatever the stronger belief system is, is going to win. That goes for relationships as well. So if you're in a relationship with someone and they've got a belief system that, you know, all women are bitches, they're going to be showing up differently in that relationship and their belief system will take over and then you will end up being a bitch to that person. But it's like chicken or the egg. Yeah. Were you a bitch to start with or were they showing up that way because of their belief system?
0: It's freaking fascinating when you put it like that, isn't it? Because we've all been in relationships that were awful or where we've behaved in ways that have surprised ourselves and going, how the fuck did that happen? You know, that's just not even me. And we've all... Every single person I know on the planet has pretty much existed for a portion of their lives just getting by for the sake of it. And what the fuck is the point for that? That's why I continue to do all this work and I'm not the same person I was last year, the year before, five years ago, ten years ago. Thank fucking Christ.
1: Yeah. Look back and think about Look at how much pain you were in, especially unconscious pain. Was it worth it? Absolutely. So much. Yeah, I reckon I've spent over $100,000 on on my education and healing and the rest, Jesus. But um, I wouldn't change it. And, yeah, just being able to step in, it is so freeing, being able to be authentic, not having to worry about what you say, not having to censor yourself, not having to think about what other people are going to think of you. It's just such a nice space to be in because I know that the people that resonate with me and that are in alignment with me will love my message and the people that don't, don't. I'm sure there's people out there that think I'm an absolute raging piece of shit.
0: (laughs) Which is perfectly fine. But how many people do you know can be authentic? Like I still struggle with that myself. A lot of people say that they're always 100% authentic but I really don't know many people that truly are. Yeah. And you're, you're one of the few that are, that I've come across.
1: Thanks, Sally Jane. Um, yeah. I mean, there's days where I don't feel like it either. And on the, some of those days I honour myself, I, I check in and I'm like, mm, hang on a second, what's really going on here? Am I just tired? Do I just not feel like it? Or am I hiding? And if I'm hiding... I'll usually move through that and get on and and speak about something because it's usually quite important.
0: Yeah, always. But this
1: is also where we hit those glass ceilings, you know. The saying goes, every new level has a new devil. And every time you make a leap forward into the unknown, so every time you stretch yourself, you will hit a glass ceiling. If you haven't hit it, you haven't stretched yourself far enough. But once you go, thunk! on the top of that ceiling and it's called a glass ceiling because it's like you can see where you're going you can see through it but there's this like invisible ceiling that's going on here and that's usually the edge of your belief systems yeah the edge of what you believe is available to you or what you believe that you deserve
0: I was horrified when I was reading that book. I can't think of the name of it now, but you mentioned it the other day, and this is probably six years ago at least, that I discovered my limiting belief on what I could earn each year. How much was it? It was 50 grand.
1: Oh, God, Sally Jane.
0: Yeah. I was a new mum at the time, so I wasn't working, and that was just what my belief was.
1: Mm. This is a really fascinating part, actually, because... Like what would earning more than that turn you into? You know, you've got to look at if you were to earn more than that, what would that mean about you? What would you make it mean about you?
0: Oh, there were all sorts of things back then. I knew a lot of people that were liars and cheated and just really unethical ways of making money. Plus, I similar to you boarding school girl where there were just so many wealthy kids ridiculously wealthy got a helicopter when they left school and um you know i was told to go marry someone because i was the only granddaughter in the family and so just all the yeah it was like well all the men have money like there were just so many beliefs and then of course i was a new mum having to rely on a man that i chose that happened to have really shitty money beliefs himself it's like, well, fuck, I chose poorly, didn't I? Like I can't even make good decisions around that. So there were just so many things I had to work through as far as that went and that's part of that 50 grand belief where it all came in. But thankfully I've shifted through a lot of that.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. Of, like even just that, there's so much that's attached to it, this whole thing about the money. And people get so cagey about yeah. it. You know, there's so much shame around it. Why? And this is something that I go through in the course. It's like the integrity piece is a real big thing for me. Lying, cheating, stealing is never going to stick. You're never going to build wealth that way. And if you do, it's going to be hard to hold on to it.
0: Or you'll be incredibly unhappy and cheated on in other ways. And like, it's it's karma, bitch. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, absolutely clearing your money, karma, drama. But when you can be in your integrity and provide value, give someone some sort of increase in their life, whether it's increase of love, increase of money, increase of health, then you will feel like you deserve that money. When you feel like you're robbing someone, and this is quite often in the spiritual community or the healing community. And in the artist community as well, i found yeah. this, you know, starving artists is a thing. So healing community, the spiritual circles and the artistic community, because we have these natural gifts and we're doing them from a place of love, there's almost this thing like, oh, you're spiritual and you're a healer. You shouldn't be charging for your services or you shouldn't charge a lot. And I just find that so backwards now it used to be something that I struggled with too, but I'm like, hang on a second healing's like the most valuable thing you could possibly help anyone with I believe you know you're improving their life out of sight
0: oh so much so and even art you know I would pay for a beautiful piece of artwork to be on my wall Mm. and then I go yeah but words you can't stick words on your wall like
1: you can live laugh, love (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: I know my daughter's always going mom write some poetry and you know I'll put one of my beautiful photos to it and we'll well, Etsy it, and I still haven't done that, and that was probably five years ago as well. But there's always some kind of excuse as to why my poetry is, is just a gift to the world.
1: Well, it's a gift that you're going to put into a book this week and we'll launch it.
0: Maybe next year.
1: Nope, nope. You're, <laughs> it's going to be done by the end of this course. We've got two weeks left.
0: <laughs> Holy shit.
1: So for anyone that's listening and they're, they're really working on their money story, try to separate the money from the stories because it's not the money's fault money isn't innocent money is a tool it's like a hammer you can use a hammer to build a house you can also use it to cave someone's head in it's not the hammer's fault it's just the same it's it's not the money's fault
0: great analogy and you are not money you are you, you don't have that value money's a tool
1: yeah money's a tool and the belief system around what you're charging and the intention around what you're charging, provided it's in integrity. So I'm not talking about con artists here because they're really good at it and they do these sorts of things all the time. But I'll use this pen, for example. And I believe that anyone that writes with this pen, everything, it's a magic pen. It's going to come true.
0: Oh, you're speaking to my
1: heart. Right, exactly. And I imbue this pen with that much belief. And I sell you this pen for $3,000. And you believe it so fully. You're like, yeah, this is the best investment I've ever made. Everything I write with this pen comes true. And then because you believe it so fully, it actually fucking does because that's how manifestation works. Yeah. Is that worth the three grand? Absolutely. You've now got a magic pen. You'd pay 300 grand for it. Yeah. So when we're thinking about what we're charging, like I do so much work behind the scenes with my clients they don't know that i meditate and send them healing and and all of that stuff all the time it's not just when they're in session i'm writing about them in my journal i'm connecting with them i'm sending them healing we're doing energy work all the time
0: actually that was another thing i wanted to quickly ask you about because so many times we might be resentful of others But the more you can, you know, wish them well, the more it comes back. Can you speak into that quickly?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the little hacks that I figured out ages ago is, especially when we're dealing with issues of worthiness and feeling deserving of abundance and money, is our own trauma gets in the way, especially if we haven't done a lot of work on it. So one of my cool little hacks is to sit there and meditate on someone else having an obscene amount of money. And that's what we do in the course. You know, that's why I've got everyone in pods. Part of your meditation is to literally wish someone else love, abundance, money, prosperity, all of those things. Because when you're sending that to them, it's gonna come back to you because they're sending it to you as well. And it's a lot easier to wish good for someone else than it is to get around your own trauma.
0: Yeah, it does. It makes perfect sense. And one thing I've noticed because obviously I'm in your course and it's got such a range of people, which was unexpected for me. There's, there's a young person in there who's 20 that was aiming for 30 grand for the month and got it a week before the month was even up. And that was just, oh, my fucking God, like 20. Imagine the good in the world this, to me, a kid is going to do. Yeah, like That's incredible, but yet is still turning up. Yeah, paying the same amount for a course that I paid for money stories. And it just blew my mind
1: because everyone's got a glass ceiling and we all need help. That's why I said, it's not about the money. Like they're just numbers on a screen. It's about what iteration of yourself do you need to become in order to hit that next income level? Because there's a reason, there is a subconscious reason, whether it's a belief system, a program or a trauma that's telling you that you either don't deserve to receive it or you can't achieve it. There is something in you. And so having that help and that support and the new reference point for what could be available to you is really important.
0: Yeah. That's why I love group programs. Cause it just expands my awareness so much, you know, like I get out of my own little world and meet others and just go, Holy shit, they're glass ceiling. Is 30 grand for the month and they're only 20. Jesus.
1: Yeah. So the the really interesting thing, because I actually work with a lot of younger people, like a lot of young entrepreneurs, sort of like when I say young, I'm talking about 26 and down. So I have noticed something with them. They don't have the same programming that we have. And I've got different programming to what you have. Yeah. You know, especially growing up as the daughter of a serial entrepreneur. I have a high risk tolerance but also still a lot of trauma with that because it's such a roller coaster. But I also have a very different reference point because I've been on the business class flights. I've stayed in the beautiful hotels and all of that sort of stuff. So there's a different reference point there. But insofar as the belief system goes, it's kind of like, well, it's exactly like that whole four-minute mile thing for many 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 years no one could run a four minute mile everyone was trying to do it and then this one guy I think he did a lot of visualization practices I can't remember his name but he finally cracked it he finally broke the four minute mile and as soon as he did it a whole bunch of other people went and did it because up until that point everyone thought it was impossible yep. that no one was ever going to be able to run that fast but people had to see it and go, oh, hang on a second, if he can do it, I can do it. And this goes back down to that whole wishing people abundance thing. Instead of being jealous of what other people have, look at them and go, oh, that's available. It's available to me because they've done it. And yeah. so this is why the younger people, because they've grown up with the internet. So these young people have all these huge base of reference points for what's available to them. The ones that we didn't have. And, you know, with all of the the influencers now earning heaps of money, TikTok stars, like YouTube people earning heaps of money, drop shipping, like all of these people making huge amounts of money through business online.
0: 12 year old NFT.
1: Yeah. Like there has never been a more exciting time to be alive. There's never been, everyone's like, Oh my God, there's a recession coming. I'm like, yeah, there might be, but it's, if you are smart about it now and you go and create value for someone in some way and you get your shit together, like literally using right now, get your shit in one sock with your finances right now. You can make money out of anything. Love Absolutely that. Anything.
0: Yes. And this year I'm writing a song. That's what I've decided to do.
1: Brilliant. And you'll be also launching a book next week.
0: <laughs> i thought we'd gotten away from that one
1: i'm gonna bribe you on this one sally Jane.
0: oh we're just gonna end it there
1: <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean for this one to turn into a money podcast but it must be what, exactly what people need to hear right now because otherwise it wouldn't have come through
0: well i yeah i'm pretty sure it is because most people i know are talking about it so it makes sense for me that that it is coming through and And your program, I guess I'm in the midst of that, so I'm not surprised again that that kind of energy is here with us today.
1: Yeah. No, it's beautiful. My mission currently and the reason, like the driving force behind me doing this stuff around money is not like, yes, I believe that abundance is available to everyone and I think that a rising tide lifts all ships, so I want to see as many people as abundant as fuck. I think there's enough for everyone. And I do believe our world would be a lot better if everyone was independent and could generate their own money and had great money stories. Because then if you think about the economy, people would be like buying local instead of buying at Kmart. They'd be supporting each other, even though it's more expensive, it would matter. And we'd yeah. all, all support each other that way. Instead of paying big money to big conglomerates that use, you know, fast fashion and like the cheap stuff from Wish. Like that's just polluting the world. But people buy it because they can't afford anything more or they think they can't afford anything more because they're programming. It's not true, as we know. So my personal mission, because of where we are at in human evolution and the evolution of consciousness itself, we are waking up to ourselves every single day at the moment and we are waking up faster than ever. And if we look at the chakra system, money is to do with the root chakra it's to do with safety and security then we've got our sacral chakra which is our sexuality and our creativity that is super powerful we create life from there incredible then we've got our solar plexus chakra which is all to do with personal power at the moment i believe human evolution is stuck on the first three chakras
0: yep totally agree We haven't
1: got to the heart yet i'm getting goosebumps yeah Because once we get here to the heart, that's when we are just going to open up the upper chakras and we'll actually be able to ground all of that spirituality and all of that truth and that consciousness and that enlightenment to come through because we're not worried about our survival needs being met anymore. We can only do that. It's very, very difficult to go on these spiritual pursuits and stay in your body If you're worried about what you're going to have for dinner tomorrow night, or you're worried about feeding your kids or you're, you know, obsessed over your bank balance. My mission is for money to not be a thing for people to worry about. They're just like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. I've got heaps of cash. No worries. I'm going to go and do this thing because I want to, because it's fun.
0: That's it. It's not even about the money. It's like, oh, I really want to buy that organic food and I will. Or I really want to go on that adventure, and I will.
1: I really want to do my healing. I want more people to have more money because I truly believe that there's two main solutions to every single problem that we face as humans. One is healing your trauma collectively and personally because we're a highly traumatised planet right now. And two is spiritual awakening. Yep. Those two ingredients will fix every single problem you have.
0: Ugh. And so many more are realising this. So it's an exciting time, really.
1: Yeah, I love it. I think it's great.
0: Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Holly. What a way to frickin' open season two, jeez.
1: <laughs> I and I wouldn't it.
0: expect anything else, really.
1: No, kick it off with a bang. So you know, wherever you're at, don't be scared of what's coming down the pipeline. There are infinite realities available to you. Lots of people lost their business in 2020. And 2021, myself and most of my clients had the best years in business ever. You can make money out of anything that you want in this life. As long as you're creating value and you're creating increase for someone, you will be fine.
0: Bloody love it.
1: Like there are no rules. This is why, and, and again, the whole thing about strategy, when people are like, oh, I need to have this strategy and that strategy. I'm like, you actually don't. It might be helpful. But at the end of the day, you've got to find what's in alignment for you and do that.
0: Oh, yeah, because I've tried that. All the strategy in the world didn't help my shitty beliefs that were ingrained way deeper than any strategy could fix. I was undermining every strategy that I had. Okay, time to do the inner stuff.
1: Yeah. And because your business, as much as you are not your business, but your business is always going to be an extension of you and it's your energy that you're putting into it whether you're active in your business or you're just an owner of the business, whatever, doesn't matter. If your business is an extension of you, then it's going to be carrying your frequency. And if you've got shitty belief systems around money, then there's no strategy in the world that's going to fix that.
0: I discovered that one all by myself.
1: Me too. $30,000 later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But that's
0: what we get to pass on and share. So, you know, it's perfect. Absolutely. Thank you. So so much
1: My pleasure. it's
0: been a blast so i will put your socials mm-hmm. in the little show notes so that people can find you pretty sure they're the same as last times but we'll update them anyway and if anyone wants to get in touch with holly or even just learn from her daily musings then find her there
1: thank you so much
0: please feel free to share this episode we'd be ever so grateful and I absolutely love hearing from you too. So feel free to get in touch with sallyjanefriday.com or Friday sallyjanefriday on my socials. Much love.